Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Former MEP uh, for this constituency, John Cushnahan, Limerick-based, of course, uh, has been in touch with us. He's emailed uh, Limerick Today at live95.ie to say, I was deeply saddened to hear of the death of Tony Purcell. It was a great pleasure to have known him and worked with him during my 15 years as an MEP. He was an excellent journalist who always acted with integrity, an absolute gentleman and had a great sense of humour. My deepest sympathies to his wife, Ailish, his daughters, Louise and Elaine and wider family circle. And may he rest in peace uh, and that comes in from a former MEP John Cushnahan and uh, another listener's WhatsApp to 0861239595 to say don't forget about photographer Owen South who uh, worked uh, a lot with Tony Purcell over the years as well and Rachel says did you see the Ukrainian teacher teaching her school kids in a bunker despite the country being invaded that is dedication says Rachel And as I mentioned earlier, the papers are uh, full of Ukraine today. The Irish Times says war in Europe. Putin puts nuclear forces on high alert as Ukraine defends key cities. The EU is to buy arms uh, for uh, Kiev and aim sanctions at Russian banks, media, air travel and oligarchs. Neighbouring countries brace for continued influx of refugees escaping from the fighting. And Ukraine says Moscow trying to put it under pressure during talks on the border with Belarus, which Gillian mentioned uh, there, and they're getting underway today. The Irish Independent says edge of the abyss, which is a pretty dramatic headline. And uh, they have um, a photograph, a big one of a Ukrainian fighter examining a burned out Russian infantry vehicle after battles in Kharkiv in western Ukraine, which is Ukraine's second uh, biggest city. And then the Irish Sun, as I mentioned earlier, um, uh, doesn't uh, uh, put a tooth in it. Um, Putin's A-bomb threat, Ukraine agrees to talks. And their main headline, a picture of Vladimir Putin, Mad Vlad goes nuclear. Adam Higgins writes on politics uh, for uh, the Irish Sun and he is on the line. Good morning to you, Adam. Good morning. I'm coming to you from just outside the Royal College of Surgeons in Dublin today, where the Taoiseach is due to honour Professor Mary Horgan, who played a a big role in advising the government through the pandemic. But afterwards, the Taoiseach will come out and brief the media on the latest situation with Ukraine. So the Irish government is trading carefully here, um, despite huge calls over the last few days. They are A, not going to expel uh, the Russian ambassador to Ireland, at this point, certainly, because they say that there are reasons not uh, to do that. And also, they are going to support the EU in providing aid to Ukraine, but not supporting the buying of weapons for Ukraine. Yes, that's the two kind of crunch points here for the for the government in the reaction to Ukraine. And on your last point there... The Minister Coveney says that uh, Ireland is uncomfortable with providing uh, lethal weapons to Ukraine because of the situation of our neutrality. But they do condemn outright everything that the uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin has done in the invasion of Ukraine. And so they are uh, providing 9 million euro in humanitarian, 10 million euro in humanitarian support and 9 million euro then in, in additional supports, which will be the likes of buying helmets and vests and fuel and things like that. 
Uh, and also, I saw on the BBC yesterday it being pointed out to politicians there that uh, Ireland had lifted visa requirements for people fleeing Ukraine at the moment. And uh, Ukrainians have uh, already been here and uh, are being given refuge in, in uh, different ways. Um, but that had not happened at that point in the UK, although I think as the day progressed yesterday, they moved closer to it, didn't they? Yes, they did. The UK are kind of moving closer and allowing um, visa-free travel for people in the Ukraine who have family in the UK. Now, Ireland's step uh, has been much bigger than that, and and our response to this has been uh, really a humanitarian-based one. At the moment, this is something that you're going to see grow over the coming days, and as long as this war continues. At the moment, there's tens of thousands of people flooding across the borders from Ukraine into the neighbouring countries of Poland and Slovakia and Hungary and places like that, and they will then be able to move on from there, because obviously these countries can't be expected to take millions of people in over their borders so they'll be moved on and Ireland has agreed to waive all visa requirements as you mentioned some uh, people from the Ukraine already arriving in here today with no um, visa requirements I'm very thankful for the Irish government and Irish people for allowing them to come here during this uh, very dark time for their country Yeah, we're chatting to Adam Higgins who writes on politics for the Irish Sun and we had uh, Limerick-based Fine Gael Senator Maria Byrne with us during the first hour and she was saying that she had been contacted by members of the Ukrainian community here in Limerick um, obviously extremely worried about what is happening in their country uh, many of them have family there and they were offering uh, through her to the government um, uh, all sorts of support including refuge physical refuge for people coming from the Ukraine in their homes um, and it is almost hard to believe in ways Adam that we are here and I was saying to uh, somebody earlier in the show that maybe it's just the fatigue of everything that's gone on over COVID over the last two years that it, it feels it's hard to process what's happening suddenly in Ukraine. It really does. We've jumped from one global crisis to another very quickly. And two global crises that Ireland will be particularly involved in, 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 in a big way because of our membership of the European Union and the response that the EU have put in with sanctions. Now, Russia is very likely to uh, put in place retaliatory actions and sanctions on the EU on the back of the sanctions that were agreed over the weekend by um, our member states. And so that's going to be where uh, I think people in Ireland will feel that economic impact and it'll be interesting to see what Taoiseach has to say shortly in, within the next hour he's due to address the media. It will be interesting to see what he has to say about the government's preparations for that economic impact that the war is going to have on Irish people. Yeah, Now lots of people listening will have uh, done their own reading and research uh, when particularly when they heard the word nuclear being mentioned and uh, maybe it's saber rattling. I think everyone in the world is hoping that that's what it is from Vladimir Putin talking about putting his nuclear forces uh, on ready alert. Uh, He has more nuclear warheads at his disposal than anyone else in the world, even the US. Thousands and thousands of these uh, missiles, which could frankly destroy the world um, numerous times uh, over. Uh, But there is a a movie, 13 Days in May, that talks about uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis and the whole issue of brinkmanship between the US and then the Soviet Union, which is is worth a watch. It's, it's, It's entertaining in its own way, but it also gives a sense of the sort of things that may well be going on behind the scenes uh, here and you know, it is chilling, it is absolutely chilling to be talking about the potential for the use of nuclear weapons isn't it? It is, it really is and just even that word nuclear, I know you, you mentioned that front page today sends a, a chill up people's spine and I think this is the graveness of the situation I mean this is a, a, a global leader who you're right is in charge of a significant amount of these uh, 
nuclear weapons that could destroy countries, and he has his fingers on the button now. He's his step that he took over the weekend was that he was getting them on high alert. Now, that's not, you know, putting bullets in the chamber sort of thing. He's kind of just what's seen as, in the West, a, a warning that this is it. Now, you mentioned saber-rattling there. That was a term that I think last week you heard a lot of people saying, like, oh, all this, you know, gathering of troops around the borders of Ukraine was saber-rattling and, and Putin was just kind of putting pressure on Ukraine, putting pressure on the West. And then, of course, he went ahead with the invasion. And I think the whole world is is praying that this is just brinkmanship and saber-rattling again from uh, Vladimir Putin. But Adam, you know, over the years, and again, this hasn't been talked about for a very long time in uh, world politics, but you know, it was called MAD. That was the acronym, wasn't it? Mutually Assured Destruction. And that's the reality. You know, if and surely whatever's going on in Russia, they're not crazy enough to fire a nuclear weapon. Because if they do, frankly, it's game over for all of us, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how far it would go. And look, where the, I think the world is hoping that it doesn't really come Fire that far. Fire a weapon at, a, at another country. I think the world is really hoping it doesn't come to that point, it doesn't get there. I mean, if that was the situation, no doubt there would be a huge reaction from countries across the world and global powers. But, I mean, we're really kind of going down the line there. We've seen today that the Russian and Ukrainian authorities are getting into peace talks today for the first time. So here's hoping that that, there will be an avenue out of this crisis soon through those peace talks. Mm. One other point that's been raised here a lot is energy security. And the biggest dilemma the EU has, and they haven't put sanctions on this because they literally can't, is the amount of gas that the EU receives from uh, Europe. And there was another major pipeline um, uh, underway, wasn't there? It was just about to get certification to start Mm. pumping. It's there. It's been built. Uh, Nord Stream 2, it's called. Interestingly enough, Ireland has a a bit more diversification when it comes to its gas supplies than, for example, Germany, who gets almost all of it from uh, Russia. We have some coming from the UK. We've got some coming, uh, I think, uh, from Northern uh, Europe as well uh, and the carb gas field. But at the same time, it is a massive issue, energy security, isn't it? Yes, it really is. And I think this is one that's at the forefront of the government's mind when uh, this crisis was coming up. And you mentioned that Ireland has a, a diverse range of places that we get our gas and energy from. But still, any sanction, any retaliation sanction from Russia to limit or push up the price of, uh, of energy and gas that comes from Russia into Europe will still impact Ireland despite the situation that we have here. And already a, a lot of your listeners will know now that their bills have been going up in any way despite this crisis. So will they go up again? And that's something that the government is extremely concerned about. And I think we'll be at the forefront of the Taoiseach's mind today. Right. And Adam Higgins, I mean, your um, headline, the Irish Sun headline is Mad Vlad goes nuclear. Now, it's probably the most worrying aspect of this. And it's hard to know whether, because there's propaganda, let's be honest, coming from both sides. That's the way war works, the fog of war and all of that. But if it is truly the case that Vladimir Putin is actually unstable, that's probably the most terrifying uh, aspect of the entire thing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And uh, our, our paper in, in the UK has experienced war reporters on the ground in Ukraine. And these are the reports that are coming back from them that you're reading in our pages today and really harrowing and, and terrifying stuff. And you're right to point out the extreme concern that people have about Vladimir Putin's mental state and, and whether he is copus mentis, for want of a better phrase. And I think that you're right to say that is extremely concerning, especially considering the arsenal of weaponry that he has at his fingertips. 
Okay. Uh, and finally, um, and this would normally be the main thing we'd be talking to you about this morning, after two years of chatting to you about COVID-19, the lifting of pretty much all of the final restrictions, and in essence, the end of the pandemic, although a lot of people saying, no, that's actually not the case. Well, yes, probably premature to say the end of the pandemic, but definitely the end of the emergency phase of the pandemic. I got the bus into town today and about half of the people on the, on the bus were wearing a mask. And this today is obviously the first day that it's no longer a legal requirement. So I think that's something you're going to see kind of phased out. People are advised to still wear masks in public tra- uh, transport and in healthcare settings and that sort of thing. And I think you'll, some of your listeners will be going into shops today and kind of coming up to the door and not knowing, should I put a mask on or shouldn't I? Like, you know, and, and really this is where the government has given it. They're handing to you to make the decision and say, look, you can do this, you can make the decision. And a lot of people won't be comfortable entering uh, crowded places without a mask, and that'll be fine, but I think that's something that will phase out over the time. And this is very much Ireland moving from uh, an emergency pandemic to treating this COVID-19 virus as an an endemic virus, something that that will be here probably seasonally like the flu. Yeah. Um, somebody asking, um, will you ask Adam Higgins, where are the famous iodine tablets we got now in uh, terms of protection, um, in inverted commas, from a nuclear strike about 20 years ago? <laughs> I don't know. Does anyone have them anymore? <laughs> so, yeah, do you know what? My, my, my mom only asked me a similar question that she said she had these tablets came in through the door before. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much for talking to us this morning. We'd be interested to hear, as you say, what the Taoiseach has to say about it all. Um, You're waiting for that uh, media conference to happen. But we, as always, appreciate your time this morning. And that is Adam Higgins, who writes on politics uh, for the Irish Sun and uh, an awful lot of politics happening uh, right now. Uh, No question about that. And the texter, uh, Owen, uh, says, does a stop go in Adair and the traffic is absolutely crazy as a result, um, another listener says Putin is two-faced, smiling with other world leaders throughout the pandemic and now sending threats to other countries who may get involved in what he's doing. Uh, he is uh, a bully, um, uh, according uh, to this uh, listener. Um, and uh, thank you for that. And thank you for all of the comments coming in uh, to us on uh, Ukraine and other things this morning. And Live 95 News is reporting on the air and online on our website that uh, the Labour Party in Limerick are to call a special full council meeting and to hold a vigil at City Hall to stand with the people of Ukraine. The vigil will take place tomorrow evening, the 1st of March at 7 o'clock at City Hall. Councillor Elena Sekas, a native of Moldova, who we were chatting to on the show about this only last week, says, we've decided to call a special meeting to say that we can stand together as one council in solidarity with the people of Ukraine and that we reject President Putin's illegal attack. And Councillor Joe Ledden says, as the Ukrainian community in Limerick watch in disbelief at the horror unfolding in their home country, as a small independent country, we must stand with them against this attack that threatens the peace of all of uh, Europe. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.